Good morning. Let's try that again. Good morning. Good to see you today. We want to welcome you home this morning. We want to welcome those that are watching online today. We are so glad you are here today. We're sensing God's presence and what he wants to do in our lives and through our lives today. We're excited about what God did this last week. If you were here for the gathering last Sunday night, uh, then you know what we're talking about. But God showed up in an amazing way. We had planned to baptize six people because those six people, had asked Jesus into their heart prior to them being baptized. And folks, God came in a mighty way, and what we planned on baptizing six, and another another 11 people gave their heart to Jesus and were later baptized in the service. That is awesome. And so we celebrate 17 people found Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, and were baptized after that. And then what was also exciting is we've been praying. If you're new today, you may wonder what these paintings are for. It's a, it's a painting of the prodigal son, and we've got names all over the, the board that we're praying for, people that we're praying for that would come home, that would come to know Jesus as a personal Savior. And folks, last week at the gathering, we took a red marker to represent Jesus' blood, and we marked out two of those names. They, were, they came home last Sunday night. So let's give God a hand for that. That is awesome. And so if you're in here this morning and you're just feeling like your situation is, is mighty powerful and, and mighty debilitating and you just feel like you don't know what you can do today, you're in the right place because we are talking about a mighty God who can do mighty things. Amen. And so that's where we're at today. We've been, we're going to be looking at a passage in the Old Testament uh, over the course of this series, Isaiah 9, 6, and it simply says that Jesus will be called. This was written 700 years before Jesus came. There was this prophet named Isaiah who God had given this to, and so Isaiah writes it to the people of Israel, and he simply says to them, he shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Let's read that together. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And so for the people during that day, obviously we know Jesus by so many powerful names. You know, sometimes he's Jehovah Jireh, which means my God provides and, and El Shaddai and all kinds of different names in our prayer room over here. As you leave, you might check out, we have a board in there with all the different names of God. So while we are not mentioning all the different names that, that represent who God is, we know that he represents a bunch of different names that mean a lot of different things in our life. But for whatever reason, Isaiah mentions four specific characteristics of Jesus Christ in, in the form of names. And that's what we're looking at over the next few weeks. And today, as I mentioned earlier, we're talking about mighty God. When you study the word in Hebrew, because the, in the Old Testament, uh, it was written in Hebrew, the word mighty has quite a bit of meaning to it. It says mighty God, that he's the mighty one that he's the mighty warrior. I don't know if you caught our first song. Uh, it was mighty warrior. That he's our special guard. Um, that he's strong. That he's valiant, meaning that he's brave. That he's champion. That he's a giant. That he's the mightiest. That he's the strongest. So in other words, what Isaiah was saying during that day 
is that this coming Messiah is going to possess limitless power. Everybody say limitless power. Limitless power and unmatched courage, which enable him to defeat sin and the grave. Now, I don't know if that means anything to you, but at that time where those people were and the hopelessness that they were involved in and the the feeling like that their life wasn't going to have any light to it, they were in a place where when Isaiah says this to them, it fills them with hope. And this morning, I can't help but think that maybe there's some, some of us in here who have some situations going on where we feel overwhelmed, where we feel powerless, where we feel like our strength is not enough, where we feel like our marriage, there's no hope for our marriage, there's no hope for our finances, there's no hope for our child or for, for, our, for whatever it might be. But folks, today we serve a mighty God who has limitless strength and power. No matter what your life is consisted of, no matter how hopeless or hopeful you are, it doesn't matter. Jesus came to bring mighty strength from a mighty God so that we could have access to his mighty spirit. And as a result of that, that should give us hope. That's what today is about. It wasn't just the people during that day that that should get something out of it. We need to get something out of it today. We have limitless power and unmatched courage available to us through the Holy Spirit for any and every circumstance that we go through. I was talking to somebody the other day who was struggling with postpartum depression after they'd, they'd had a child. And sometimes when you're in moments like that, obviously I never had postpartum depression, but I, I've heard people that do and, and heard their stories. And sometimes you can be in such a place of darkness that you can't see your way out of it. I've talked to students when I was a youth pastor who... who would cut themselves or, or people who've had suicidal thoughts or, or people who just have just for whatever reason, all they can see is hopelessness. The reason this message matters today is because Jesus came so that we don't have to stay there. Amen. That we can have hope and we can believe. So this morning, I want to talk to you about how we can tap in to God's limitless power and have unmatched courage in the face of the different things that we face on a daily basis. But the first thing that we have to recognize in order to to live out what I'm talking about today is we have to stop relying on our limited strength. Let's read that together. Stop relying on your limited strength. You see AA groups or different groups and people that you know are trying to get help and you realize right off the bat that the first step to recovery is to admit that you have a problem. It's to identify that you have an issue. And until we identify and admit that we have an issue or we are at the max of what we are capable of, we can't really get any help from anybody else. Maybe you have a family member or someone that you know they need help. And they won't admit it. And it's hurtful for you because you just would think, man, we can't even get to the place where we can do something about this because they won't admit they need help. 
And folks, and it's not only that situation in our lives sometimes, even in subtle ways, we rely on our own strength to get us through. And let's be honest, sometimes that works. But let's also be honest, there are times where our strength is not enough. God knew that. God knew that our strength was not enough to defeat sin. God knew that our strength was not enough to live the life that we were supposed to live and that he calls us to live. God knew that our strength was not enough for someone else to come to know Christ. And so Jesus came to be the mighty God that would give us limitless power. Oswald Chambers says, God can do nothing for me until I recognize the limits of what is humanly possible, which allows him to do the impossible. Folks, today I'm keenly aware that really this whole series, I'm not going to be telling you anything that you don't already know if you've been around the church much. If, if you're new today, never been in a church setting, then this may be a new information for you. But for a lot of us, we already know these things on paper. But for some of us, we don't live these things out. So this series really is about remembering It's about bringing clarity. It's about understanding that we serve a mighty God. So if we want to, if we want to tap into God's mighty power, we have to start with understanding where our strength stops. In fact, scripture says that when we are weak, He is strong. So as we stop Relying on our strength, it enables us to start relying on God's limitless power. Have you ever thought about how often we settle for limited when we have access to limitless? Have you ever thought about How often when you're in an argument with someone where you're relying on your limited strength while all the time, the whole time, you have access, you may not be using it, but you have access to limitless power through God. Have you ever thought about the times where you feel so limited to try to reach someone? Maybe it's it's one of your kids that grew up and you have for the longest time wanted them to come to know Christ or to experience His love, and for whatever reason, they choose not to. And in your limited strength, you're worrying, and you're, you're frustrated, and you're full of anxiety and doubt. And the whole time, God has limitless power and strength and grace available to you that can carry you through unbearable situation. Paul says, I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, glorious, unlimited resources. Say that with me. Glorious, unlimited resources. He will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Today, did you know, and if you did know, do you remember 
that we have glorious, unlimited resources through the power of the Holy Spirit. Most of us have lamps in our living room. If the lamp's plugged in and you want light, you can turn it on. Now, my wife, she likes every light in the living room on all the time. Okay, raise your hand if you like the lights on all the time, yeah? Raise your hand if you like them dim. Yeah, that's me. I like them dim. And so sometimes she'd say, well, it's because you're dim that you like dim lights. (laughs) But when I'm watching TV or something in the evening, I don't like all the lights on. I just like some of them on. The ones that are on are on because I choose to have them on. It's not that I don't have access to those lights. I'm just not using those lights. We have access to a mighty God who overcame a mighty cross and a mighty grave which produced His mighty Spirit that can live inside of us that gives us mighty power over dark places. Are you settling for limited when you have access to limitless? We have to stop relying on our strength. We have to start relying on God's strength. And finally, we have to get up the next day and repeat that. Get up the next day and repeat the first two action steps that we just mentioned. Every day, To live the life that God calls us to live, we have to again surrender ourselves to God, surrender our fears, surrender our anxieties, surrender our worries, and start saying, God, I trust you. God, I have your power. God, I choose today to turn on your light. Now, did you know there is no form of sinfulness? to which you are addicted, which Christ cannot remove. Someone in here today is addicted to something. Maybe just one person, but just because there's so many in here, there's someone in here who's addicted to something. It could be gossip. It could be pornography. It could be spending. It could be gambling. It could be alcohol. It could be talking about people behind their back. It could be their phones. I mean, every one of us, in some form or fashion, at one point in our lives, whether we realized it or not, has battled this in some way. And some of those things are sinful. And God's power that we have access to, that Isaiah prophesied about, that Jesus raised from the dead for is bigger and stronger than the strongest addiction. God's power is more powerful than the strongest addiction. Say that with me. God's power is more powerful. God's power is more powerful. This is an educational, this message today is, is, is information about God. I'm not asking you right now to do anything with it. I will, but I'm not asking you to do anything with this. I'm telling you about God today. 
We're not trying to wow you with something you don't know. We're trying to be reminded of who God is. God's power is more powerful than the deepest wounds. You know, some of you here in your stories, and you know people, right? Maybe it's you. They have been through some stuff. Now, I've said many times some of my, the people that I respect the most are social workers. I can't even imagine some of the stories. As a pastor, you get just a little bit of a sniff sometimes, not that often, of what people go through. But I don't really know. And I don't know how you go home with that as a social worker and not carry it around. Some of you are social workers and you're like, yep. And, you know, imagine it's hard for the social worker, but imagine for the person that they're helping to advocate for that actually experienced that wound or is experiencing that wound. The deepest wound that you've ever gone through or ever will go through, the deepest wound that someone you know is experiencing right now, God's power for healing is bigger than the deepest wound that you could ever imagine. God's power is more powerful than unbearable loss. If you're watching online right now, I just feel led to do this. Maybe you tuned in because you're going through some unbearable loss. God's power is bigger than your unbearable loss. It's bigger than your unbearable loss. And your unbearable loss. And your unbearable loss. Sometimes we think that God is this, that the goal of life is for us to not feel anything. When Noah was born, my wife asked for some medicine so that she didn't have to feel any pain. I get it. And sometimes we think that that life is like that, and when we ask Jesus into our heart, that all of a sudden he's going to give us this medication, this shot, that's going to allow us to not feel wounds and feel pain and feel loss, and that Jesus died on the cross and was resurrected from the dead so that we won't feel loss and we won't miss dad or mom, or we won't miss this relationship that used to be that isn't anymore for whatever reason. Like, I don't know how that happens, but sometimes even the, even the strongest of believers can sometimes get into this pattern But the truth is, the goal of life is not for us to not endure loss. The goal of life is not for us to always be happy and have what we want. But like we sang about joy to the world earlier, the goal of life is despite that loss that we're wrestling with and working through and trying to figure out some way to breathe in the midst of that because of the power of God. This may not mean much, but actually it's quite a bit. But because of the power of God, in spite of all of that, we can have joy because of God's power. Well, I already know that. Well, some of the people in here don't. Some of us don't. And all of us need to be reminded of it. You can have joy 
during unbearable loss, not because you're happy, not because you feel joy. It's this joy that allows you to get up every bit, every day and function. God's power is more powerful than the most dysfunctional relationship. There are relationships, probably in every person's life, but at least in some in here today, not in the 8.30 or the 11.30 in this service, where if I were to say, how's your relationship with such and such? And 99% of the ones I asked about, you might say, good, good, good. I get to this person and be like, it could be better or it's horrible. Some of you would even say more than that. And some of you cause the dysfunction. In other cases, they cause the dysfunction, or in a lot of cases, maybe we both cause the dysfunction in some way. But for whatever reason, unrelated to how it happened, it's dysfunctional. And as a believer, what Satan does is he just wants us, I'm, I'm, I'm not preaching to educate, I'm, I'm just, this is how we're called to live. Instead of giving you a fish today, this message is about teaching us how to think and how to how to live the life, how to live out the Scripture. There are times in our life where even as believers, we get discouraged because we have been praying and we have been fasting and we have been believing and nothing's changing. So what Satan wants to do with us is he knows we're not going to stop coming to church. He knows that we're going to not stop believing So what he does is he just says, well, why don't you just believe that nothing's ever going to change? Because the pattern says that. So just start believing that. Just believe he will never change. Just believe she will never change. Because see, what will happen is if you believe he'll never change, then you'll stop praying. Then you'll stop laying on your face. Then you'll stop wanting to do something different. Folks, we serve a God who can take the most dysfunctional relationship through the mighty power of God and heal it and restore it. And for those of us who maybe have been in a dysfunctional relationship and someone passed away and there's no way to fix it, God can give you grace and peace to be able to cope with that. God's power is more powerful than the most severe spiritual oppression that you could possibly face. I was visiting with a couple pastors last week who, who are in some settings in the churches where there's backbiting, there's disunity, they're arguing over things that don't matter, and it's not just churches that do that, families do that, people do that, and it causes spiritual oppression. Have you ever walked into a setting before and you just feel the enemy is at work? The Bible tells us that our struggle is not against flesh and blood, which means it's against Satan. It's not against people. It wasn't your dad or your mom or your uncle or someone who abused you that's the problem. It's not that person that's causing the relationship issue. It's not your son who's dealing with the addiction. It's Our struggle is not against those people that we want to put down. Our struggle is against the enemy, the devil. And, and as Satan, as we allow 
Satan to overtake our life or we choose to just not walk with God, spiritual oppression can take place to the point that, that we don't see as God sees. I heard a pastor say one time he went into a, a church and he had a he preached a message the week before. It was the same message. And the people responded. And the next week he preached the same message to a different group of people. And there was no response there was a deadness. They didn't, they, it didn't feel like they received it. He's talking about spiritual oppression. What causes spiritual oppression? Sin. But God's power is more powerful than the strongest grips of sin. He will be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God. What is mighty God? More powerful than the strongest grips of sin. If you're in here and you're struggling with some sin and you've been dealing with it your whole life, you need to know today that as you connect yourself to God, it's on the walls of our sanctuary, as you connect yourself to God, He will give you victory over that sin. We believe that. Sometimes we need to begin to pray that God would loose the grip of sin in someone's life. When I was in college, actually after high school, I went to college. I was in a bad place. I flunked out of Pitt Pitt State. I was making really bad decisions. And my dad, who's next to my wife, is my best friend. I didn't want to even hear from him. I didn't want him telling me things. So Dad knew he had limited access to me. So he was ornery enough, along with my grandma and others, to start praying that God would speak to me through people that I'd come in contact with. He started praying, God, would you put some other people in his life that would get through to him? Because I obviously can't. And they prayed, God, would you loose the grip of sin in Kyle's heart and in his mind? If you don't pray anything else for these prodigals, that you would pray, God, would you loose the grip of sin? Do you not think that God has enough power to just loosen the grip of Satan? God, would you just loosen his hands? I'm not even asking that he would come home yet. There's a process there. God, would you loosen the grip? Would you put some people in my 17-year-old son's life who's getting into drugs or my 13-year-old daughter's life or, or this guy or this girl? God, I can see them going down the wrong road. I can tell you where this is going. God, would you loose the grip? We serve a mighty God. God's power is more powerful than the power of our enemy, enemy, the devil. Those of you who've been around the church very long, you're like, duh, why don't you come up with something else? Duh, we don't live that. You may know that and be looking for me to say something that wows you, but do you live that? If not, then why do I need to talk about anything else? Satan is not bigger than, the, than God. Jesus defeated the grave. Jesus cast the demons into pigs. 
Philippians 2 tells us that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow on heaven and on earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. We will either bow of our own accord now, or when we get to eternity, we will bow whether we want to or not, but we are all under the authority of God. No one, no force has more power than God. God's power is more powerful than the power of our enemy, the devil. Folks, I'm saying this today because I feel like there's people in here today, you are so discouraged. You know this, you'd get it right, but you are so discouraged over something in your life that's not what you want it to be that you start to believe there's no God or or he's not listening to me. Listen, God hears your prayer. Now, if you have something in your life that you need to get right, that's something else. That's a different sermon. But let me tell you this. We have unlimited access to God. And just because you haven't seen anything yet doesn't mean that God is not at work. I had a history teacher in high school. She said that when she would teach that if a kid was looking out the window, she assumed that they weren't listening. She said one year, several years before our class came, she got onto this kid. You're not listening to me because his mannerisms said he was looking out the window. His verbal, you know, his nonverbal communication says, I'm not listening. I'm not receiving. And she said, you're not listening to a word I said. You're staring out the window. She, he said, I heard every word you said. Then tell me. She said, for the next minute and a half, he told me everything that she said. And she said, in that moment, Mrs. Close, that was my history teacher, she said, I learned right then and there that just because it doesn't feel like they're listening doesn't mean that they aren't. And just because someone is looking at you and they aren't doing what you want them to do doesn't mean they don't see Jesus in your life. And it doesn't mean that they're not praying about changing. And it doesn't mean that your acts of praying and doing for them doesn't have a purpose. Don't you give up. Don't quit. Don't stop believing. Have faith that God's power can change stories, can change relationships, can change addictions. Are we settling for the limited? You know, the limited human strength. When we have access to God's limitless power. We can walk somewhere or we can drive a car somewhere. Some of us are trying to walk a distance that God says, I have a vehicle to get you there. And that's why we call Jesus our king. We've got, we've got a video today that describes God's power and what he's done for us. The Bible says my king is the king of the Jews. He's the king of Israel. He's the king of righteousness. He's the king of the ages. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of glory. He's the king of kings. And he's the Lord of Lords. 
Lord, that's my king. I wonder, do you know him? My king is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. Do you know him? He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He is the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the only one qualified to be an all-sufficient savior. I wonder if you know him today. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleans the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards the diligent. And he purifies the meek. I wonder if you know him. He's a key to knowledge. He's a wellspring of wisdom. He's a doorway of deliverance. He's a pathway of peace. He's a roadway of righteousness. He's a highway of holiness. He's a gateway of glory. Do you know him? Well, his life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. And his yoke is easy. And his burden is lighter. I wish I could describe him for you. He's indescribable. He's incomprehensible. He's invincible. He's irresistible. Well, you can't get him out of your mind. You can't, you can't get him off of your head. You can't outlive him, and you can't live without him. Well, the Pharisees couldn't stand him, but they found out they couldn't stop him. Pilate couldn't find any fault in him. Terror couldn't kill him. Death couldn't handle him, and the grave couldn't hold him. Yeah! We have limitless power and unmatched courage available to us through the Holy Spirit for any and every circumstance imaginable. Let's stand together this morning. So, The whole sermon has been talking about God's power. And it leads up to this one question. Do you have access to God's power? Do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Are you in his word every day? Are you seeking him every day? If you don't have access to God's power, would you like access to God's power? Would you like to have a relationship with Jesus Christ? 
Would you like to be able to, to have joy in the midst of the things that are going on in your life? Would you like to be able to, to breathe in the midst of, of suffering and unbearable loss? Lord Jesus, today I pray if there's someone in here this morning that, that needs to know you, Father, that needs to have your strength and your power, Father, today I pray that you would fill them. Father, if there's somebody in here this morning or somebody that's watching online who doesn't have a relationship with you, with you, God, your word tells us, Father, that if we confess with our mouth and believe in our hearts that we can be saved. And I pray that someone's confessing and believing today. Lord, I pray if there's someone in here who's discouraged or feeling like their strength isn't enough, would you remind them today that we aren't enough, but Father, you're enough. So Lord, today as we worship, Father, would you speak to hearts? Would you speak to lives? Father, we give you strength. We give you, Father, we give you our praise. We turn it all over to you today for who you are. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen. As we worship this morning, if you'd like to come and pray, you can do that. If you'd like to pray for our prodigal boards, you can do that. If you'd like to just come and and talk with God, you can do that. But let's worship him today.